Hello, and welcome to Your Investment Partners with Paul and Garrett, where we talk about all things financial, focusing on helping you plan, keep, and grow for a successful future. If you're new to the podcast, welcome. And if you're tuning in again, welcome back and thank you for listening. Hello, and welcome to the fourth episode of Your Investment Partners with Paul and Garrett. Today, we're going to be talking about generating income from a portfolio. We're going to talk about what structures work well to handle market volatility, where the income comes from, and lastly, we'll touch on what to do if your situation changes and more or less income is needed. My name is Garrett Smith, and we're excited to have you with us today. Well, Paul, we're at it again. Awesome. Excited to be here today. Let's talk about uh, taking income, particularly in retirement, but uh, really any time out of a portfolio. Um, I think first place to start is kind of how, how we get income. Where does it come from? Yeah, so income and retirement, uh, the more sources, the better, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Definitely helps. So, you know, when, when somebody comes in and they have, uh, you know, Social Security and a, a pension and, you know, investments, maybe rental income, I mean, it, it all just adds up to, to help. And so, um, you know, when we do our analytics, we look at, you know, just basically all the sources of income. What do you have? What do you have coming in from the various sources, and and how much it is, and then how much do you need, and then we just figure out where the best place to take the other funds that you need uh, for to you know to fill up the budget every month. Yeah, I think that's kind of the first question that we always try to answer is how much do you need and how much do you want. You know, there's kind of two different levels. Uh, you know, there's the basic living expenses, food, housing, you know, your car, whatever you need. But then there's also the traveling or the buying of the new car or redoing the roof or buying an RV. And so I think there's kind of a balance between those two that we are always trying to trying to look at as well. How much do you need? You know, what's kind of on the lower end, but what's also desired? What do you, what do you want? And generally, you know, you kind of bounce back between those two, uh, depending on, you know, someone's situation, usually early in retirement, taking a little bit more for travel or other related expenses. And maybe later in retirement, it turns to some more medical expenses. But like what you said, where where all those different income sources uh, come into play, and and I think that's why we look at it in those three three overflowing buckets. Um, you know, if you've been to our office, you see them, um, but it's you know you, we kind of picture one bucket spilling into another bucket, spilling into a third bucket. Um, that's that kind of represents short, intermediate, and long term money. And uh, as we have long term money, meaning generally stocks, uh, we don't. When those grow, those feed the other two buckets, with the shortest one being our cash bucket, and that's where we get that income from day to day. So we always picture three overflowing buckets, and that's kind of the overview that we like to use uh, when we work with a, a client's income. Yeah, and everybody's situation is a little bit different, and so that's why the conversation's important. And each of those buckets has, um, you know, real advantages and disadvantages too. The, the the cash bucket where we get you know the day-to-day income from uh, the advantage there is that it's completely safe um, you know and it's there when you need it the the problem is it doesn't earn hardly any interest I mean right now if you look at your bank statement your checking your savings uh, money market accounts you know you're still you know under a quarter of a percent really for the most part and so um, it's good to have money there, but you can't put everything there because it's it just it doesn't earn anything. And then the second bucket uh, where we put our intermediate money, um, that's 
where we put our bond ladder, and we'll get to that in a second. But the the advantage there is you do earn, uh, you know, at least a little bit of uh, interest on it. Historically, you know, probably at least enough to keep up with inflation, if nothing, if nothing else. Um, it, it fluctuates a little bit in price, but not enough that you know people can't usually handle that. And then, of course, the, the third bucket is the is the long term bucket, and that's where the stocks lie. And and the 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 cash bucket and and the uh, bond bucket are what protect the stock bucket. What we don't want to get in a situation where we we have to pull money out and the ha- and the market happens to be down at that time. That's the situation that we really try to avoid it if at all possible uh, for our clients because it's you know it, it you know we know the market's going to go up and it's going to go down and we just don't want to have to pull a bunch of capital out while the market's down we we'd much rather pull it up after it's recovered and markets are at a high point and and um, that's when we you know when the market hits a high point that's when we fill those other buckets back up to appropriate levels to you know make sure that the cash cash position is is adequate for funding the uh, you know the cash needs for a period of time. Yeah, I, and I like to think of it in terms of that inflation because taking income over time, right? It's inflation that's the real killer. Um, the the ups and downs in the market obviously have a part to do with it, but things just cost more over time. And in relationship to those three buckets, that shortest term cash bucket's usually losing to inflation. The intermediate term buckets right at about where inflation is. And then that long term bucket, the goal is to outpace inflation. And so when you can work with all of those three together, it kind of allows you to, to um, in a general sense, uh, kind of overcome the, the risk of inflation uh, without needing to put, um, put too much capital at risk and, and still be able to maintain kind of that peace of mind portfolio and not needing to sell. When, when the market's off, that's, you know, we always try to avoid that. You never want to be the forced seller. Yeah, for sure. So I think let's talk a little bit more about that intermediate term bucket of, of kind of how the bond ladder works. Um, yeah, so the, the bond ladder is, uh, it's, it's a, a tool. I think it's fairly unique to, to our practice. I mean, we've been using it for years and years and years. We think it makes a lot of sense. Um, essentially, what that bond ladder is, is going to do is we're going to determine the amount of income that needs to come out of your portfolio. So, you know, we're going to we're going to find out what is the draw necessary for um, for a person's portfolio. And let's say a person needs, you know, forty thousand dollars a year out of their out of their portfolio. Uh, we're going to buy. Um, uh, a bond, you know, these bonds, they're, they're going to, you know, kind of look like and act like a CD if people are familiar with the, what a certificate of deposit is at the bank. But we're just going to buy a one-year uh, bond with 40000 and a, a, a two-year bond with 40000 and a three-year bond with 40000 you know, out to five, and if you're super conservative, up to 10 years. And that what that means is when that, when that comes mature, it's going to be worth right at that $40,000 area, and that's going to fill that cash bucket uh, for the year. And then all those bonds will slide forward. The, the, the two-year will become the one-year. The five-year will become the four-year. And um, that's how that bond ladder works. So we just do not have to worry about where our income is going to come from 
uh, in two years or three years or four years. And that really gives people a lot of peace of mind, particularly when we're in a market correction right now is, you know, we'll, we'll have people call and we'll just say, well, you know, we've got six years worth of income. Do you think this correction is going to last six years? And for the most part, people realize that, you know, this happens and, you know, sometimes it takes only, you know, four or five, six months. Sometimes it takes a, a few years. Every once in a while, it takes a little bit longer period of time. But for the most part, two or three years down the road, the market's recovered. And, and then we can kind of fill that, uh, that bond ladder back up from the stock bucket. Yeah. And I think another point to highlight on there is those bonds, uh, they're priced every day. So they will move around depending on what interest rates are doing in the current market. So even though if we put a certain dollar amount in, it may be plus or minus that depending on market conditions. But the nice thing is we're, we're buying them with, uh, with an expectation of a certain value at a certain date. And so, so you, we can kind of ignore the short, short term volatility because we're looking at the long term long-term maturity value of, of how much we can get out of it. It's just kind of like setting aside your annual income in December every year that's ready for January 1, uh, so you can keep going. Yeah, so the three buckets really work well together, um, each of them being very, very important in the, the process of generating uh, income for people. And, and you know, we just, I, I don't know, I guess the cash bucket's probably everybody's favorite because, you know, that's what feeds the immediate need. But, you know, that's, uh, those other two buckets are super, super important also. Yeah. And, and I think just to kind of touch a little bit on the longest term bucket, the stock bucket, we're big fans of, of dividend paying stocks. Uh, we own a lot of them, clients own a lot of them. And, and that just trickles down every year, um, to kind of help refill the bond bucket, which then refills the cash bucket. And, and so a lot of times those dividends kind of help buffer us that we don't even have to be uh, full-scale sellers of those equities over time because we're getting income. It's that kind of just that little stream that's always trickling from one bucket to the other. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I, I think it'd be good to touch on one little point about how um, kind of how annuities and uh, pensions fit into here. Um, I That kind of – anytime somebody has outside income like that, Social Security um, – we generally take those those guaranteed sources first into account first um, because we know if somebody's retired they're on a pension system you know we're going to rely on that heavily right right at the start and then we'll supplement it with the kind of the variable income and that also helps kind of buffer those those variabilities in in stock uh, returns over time yeah for sure we always want to look at um guaranteed income sources um you know they there's not any really growth potential on those. And mm -hmm. so you just, you, you look at those for, you know, all the, the basic needs people have and, and then uh, pull the variable income out of other investment assets for sure. Uh, you know, a lot of people have annuities and, and uh, some of them are, are great and have some guarantees associated with them. Um, you know, pensions are, are less, um, you know, Le less available now than they used to be. Uh, yeah, far a long less time common. ago, they they everybody had a pension, but nowadays it's um, you know pensions. If you work for a government entity, you probably have a pension. Um, some of the you know the big companies around here uh, have old pension plans, but uh, most of them are kind of shutting them down and not putting any more money in the pensions. So I I think over time those are going to probably go away. Uh, and people are going to have to rely a little bit more on their 401ks and, and uh, you know, just saving money. 
Yeah. And when there's no guarantee, it takes a little bit more, I think, on the planning side. Um, you know, it's easy to operate with with guaranteed income. Um, you can kind of set around that. So it's kind of a combination of, of those two. Um, and I, I think lo- talking a little bit lo- just logistically of how that actually how the money actually gets to somebody. Um, you know, we have these stock companies that pay dividend. We have a bond that matures. And so now it's sitting in the cash account, but it's still in their account with us. And and we get this question all the time, um, but it's it's. Does it matter if you take it monthly, quarterly, or yearly? And and at the end of the day, it, it, it doesn't really matter. We can set up monthly distributions or yearly distributions, whatever works, because we have that pile of cash ready to go. And so it's it's whatever's most convenient uh, for our clients to uh, to kind of accomplish those those income goals. But and that's just a simple bank transfer from from an account here to to your bank, and it shows up, you know, three three days later, and it's ready to go. Yeah, and I think the other thing that uh, people could maybe you know, just take a look at it. I know how most people are on their statements. Uh, you know, they look at the front page, did it go up or down? And that's about as far as uh, people look. And, and uh, you know, we're required to send a lot more information. And you get back into some of those other pages and and you'll see, you know, just, just dozens of dividend payments. And all those dividend payments from all those uh, stock companies, interest payments from the bonds, all that feeds in uh, to that to that cash bucket, and usually every single month there's there's cash flow going towards that cash bucket to 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 keep it robust and and uh, and full. So, yeah, I think sometimes it, um, clients get get stuck that oh the cash isn't ready quite yet or it, it needs to be uh, uh, made available. But we we generally work with the assumption that if you're going to use it in the next six to twelve months, we want it in cash, whether it's in a cash account here or in your checking and savings account. Um, you know, there's going to, we do not want to have any of that money in the, in the market to any degree. And, uh, so, so whether it's, you know, taken monthly or just in one lump sum, it, it doesn't really matter because it's, it's, it's in that cash bucket ready to go. Yeah. The goal is always not to give you back less than, than, you know, you put in, right. right? I mean, it's, yeah. it, that's the whole, that's the whole idea. And I, I think the other thing uh, maybe to, to discuss quickly, Garrett, is, you know, people's things change in people's life. I mean, we have a we get a plan, we get it set up, um, you know, everything's good. And then, you know, something weird happens. Roof, car crash, you know, uh, some kind of an illness mm-hmm. and 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 we have to adjust. And so, you know, what, what do we do at that point? Yeah, I think I think. Uh, you know, the second you build an investment plan and a financial plan and somebody walks out the door, it's already out of date <laughs> in all reality. You know, life life always brings those changes. And I think that's uh, one thing that's always key is is always checking in to see where the income needs are and, and how much they are. Um, it doesn't, there's just always trade-offs, whether, you, you know, it's either take more today or take more tomorrow. And if you take more today, it kind of reduces the amount you can take tomorrow. But if there's a need, um, then, then looking at those envision plans or those financial plans and saying, okay, if we up the income today, what's the likelihood of the result in the future? We obviously don't know, but we can work with some uh, assumptions about kind of how the past has worked, what we see uh, the future potentially being. And those and those are really easy to fix, especially if you know somebody just needs an extra fifty or hundred dollars a month. That's usually not much more than just changing that distribution schedule, and it can be done in a you know it can be done in a day. 
Um, uh, sometimes when you when you run into a situation where somebody's going into say a nursing home, uh, and and expenses are going up significantly, that's when you need to take a, a lot closer look and and really get in the details and and then often uh, it involves restructuring that bond ladder, getting more money out of the long risk bucket, you know the third or the longest term bucket into the into the intermediate term bucket. Right. Yeah, that's and life happens. I mean, and that's one of the challenges of of the, you know, trying to find the appropriate glide path of a of a portfolio through retirement is is there, you know, there's just a lot of variables. There's a lot of variables of return on the investments, variable of expenses and and that's why you know, you just really have to take a good look at it every single year and say, are we, you know, are we in a good position? Are we where we need to be? Uh, do we have extra? I mean, it, it's far more common for us to tell people, oh, you know, there's you've got extra here right. than, oh, uh, I'm worried we need to try and trim up. I mean, those, the conversations are probably, I don't know, 20 to one that you've got, you're overfunded. And, and those are, you know, nice conversations to have, obviously, but it's still, it's just important for people to, you know, kind of understand, hey, I've got a little extra or, oh, I need to be a little bit careful here. So... Yeah, and I think that's those are some of the most fulfilling conversations we have with people or with our clients of, of just being able to say, you know, life's changed. What do we do now? And, you know, the sooner we know, and then we can make those adjustments. You know, sometimes it's a good time in the market to make uh, big changes to a portfolio, and sometimes it's just worth waiting. Uh, maybe drawing down the intermediate term bucket a little bit faster than we were planning if the market's down, waiting for it to recover, and then and then making those adjustments from there. Um, and that's, we just, you know, I think we're both a little bit more conservative in nature when it comes to the family money or the take care of, you know, take care of our livelihood money. Um, and especially with client money and, and just working that in a way that we have a large enough buffer in that intermediate term bucket to handle those fluctuations that generally appear in somebody's life. Because I think we've seen it almost every time somebody retires within the first 12 months, there's always a big expense that's a surprise, a roof, a car, you know, an injury, or there's just always something right when somebody retires. Yeah. And, and sometimes it is frustrating. Um, you know, that intermediate bucket right now is, you know, I don't know, two or 3%. I mean, it's, it's not great, but it's, but at least it's there. And, and, you know, it, we just have to live within what the market allows us to do. And if, if we, if we use the three buckets in the right way, it just takes a lot of stress out of investing because we know our income's safe, we know it's there in the future, and we also have a growth component to take care of inflation down the road. And and it just, you know, they just really, really work well together and, and fine-tune adjusting uh, as you go along. Uh, that, that just really helps extend everything into the future. Yeah. We, you know, we obviously know there's no guarantees in investing and it's just finding the right and highest quality places that we can for each of those buckets to provide that peace of mind through retirement. Yep. I think with that, I, I don't think there's anything else that kind nope, of covers it all. All right. Well, until next time. Thanks again. See you later. Thank you for tuning in and listening to Your Investment Partners with Paul and Garrett. If you like what you heard, be sure to subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Also, visit us at ascendinvestment.com where you can subscribe to our newsletter to keep you up to date. See you in the next episode. Kessler, Norman, and Ride, LLC, DBA, Ascend Investment Partners is a registered investment advisor. 
Advisory services are only offered to clients or prospective clients where our firm and its representatives are properly licensed or exempt from licensure. No advice may be rendered by Ascend Investment Partners unless a client service agreement is in place. The opinions expressed in this podcast are for general informational purposes only and are not intended to provide specific advice, performance data, or recommendations that any particular security, portfolio of securities, transaction, or investment strategy is suitable for any specific person. This program is only intended to provide education about the financial industry. All opinions contained in this podcast are subject to change at any time without notice. To determine which, if any, investments may be appropriate for you, please consult with your financial advisor prior to investing. Any past performance discussed during this podcast is not guaranteed of future results. As always, please remember that all investing involves risk and possible loss.